Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you see what he's doing? He's trying to make this case about gender. It's not. It doesn't matter. Look, you can't be the named defendant on a gender discrimination case while we're suing Folsom Foods for the same thing. I am not capitulating to that man. Then you're going to look like a fool. That's enough. You're not calling the shots. I am. And whether you think my call is wrong or not, it is still my name on that goddamn wall. Suits season two, episode 14 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about he's back, then suits yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with the guy who never TiVo's football games. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Oh my God, Rob, I almost forgot about that scene. Uh, this was a wild, uh, I guess, discovery we have here. Robert Zane watches f- football games after the score is already out. I-, I think there's a problem here. I think we really should be checking on this man. Yeah, we find out that Robert Zane is a Giants fan, of course. That uh, Je- Jessica's asking him, Jets or Giants? And he's like, Giants, of course. I'm not some some low-class Jet fan. Yeah, but mind you. Does that mean Jessica's a Jets fan? Because it did no, give Jets fan vibes. Man after my own heart. So, but she said it like tongue in cheek. You know, she kind of rolled her eyes. She ruined the school the, for this man. You know, rich people—they're all the Giants fans. Giants and Yankees are not slumming it with the Jets and the Mets. I don't know. I, I'm going to ask the associates. I watched this episode and I felt like Jessica came in hopeful that it was the Jets only to be disappointed that it was the Giants. I don't mm. know. She she might be playing for the right team here. Mm, okay. All right. So here we go. The return of Daniel Hardman and Daniel Hardman is back. And uh, we got teased at the end of the last episode that Robert Zane was bringing him in to help to uh, represent a bunch of people on the Folsom Foods. But Daniel Hardman, he's always got an agenda. He's bringing up sexual harassment claims against Pearson Hardman for firing Monica, that he himself was the one having a, I guess, consenting adults here uh, with Daniel Hardman and Monica, but she comes back. Meanwhile, uh, we see that Rachel is putting in her application to go to Harvard. Okay, Chappelle. I was very excited for the return of Daniel Hardman, but I think this was my least favorite Daniel Hardman appearance yet. I really like this appearance from Daniel Hardman. I like this a lot, Rob. Why, why, do, why do you think this was well, so let, low on your rankings? I want to talk it through with you because to me that Daniel Hardman, and I feel like that the Daniel Hardman character, what I loved so much about him was that he wore a mask and mm-hmm. his he was unmasked in this episode. He was just like confirmed bad guy in this episode. And I guess maybe he can't put the mask back on after everything that's happened, where his whole thing in all of his previous appearances were. And Harvey like had seen him unmasked. But for the rest of us that we're seeing Daniel Harmon as like, Chappelle, I'm your friend. I would I'm I'm trying to do what's best for you. Chappelle, mm-hmm. I, I I would want nothing but to see you succeed. Like I you you have my intentions twisted. I'm your I'm here for you. And that was the Daniel Hardman that I thought was so much more fun. He's just basically broken bad at this point to reference one of his other works. <laughs> yes, Gail. Uh, no, I, I love this Daniel Hartman because this is the Daniel Hartman they warned you about. You know, all these episodes were like, no, you can't trust him. Like, hey, it doesn't seem that scary. Then we see them beat him time and time again. And we're like, 
you know, in one episode, this man got the vote to be managing partner and was, you know, completely like taken down by Jessica and Mike Ross and Harvey all in the same episode. This guy can't be that bad. Oh, wait, he is. He really is. Mm-hmm. All of that was a setup for this episode. So I like this. I like when the magician reveals, you know, how he did it. You know, like I'm like, okay, I see the magician. I see that he's magic. But I kind of want to know what's all behind there, behind the, the behind the uh, the curtain. And so when he pulls it back, I'm like, Daniel Hartman set up the confidentiality agreement. He's been setting up Lewis for sexual uh, harassment. He's been setting up Donna to take the fall. He gonna take like, and he's still trying to like spin this Daniel Hartman uh, witchcraft. It's, no, Donna, I don't, if I was you, I'd be upset with me too. I didn't mean to hurt you. And she's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Everyone's over it. But you're right. Now everyone can see in the light who he is. I loved it. I love seeing all the tricks. I was like, oh, okay. It's like when you watch something, you go see the Easter eggs later on. You're like, wow, he really did set that up a long time ago. That's crazy. So, no, nah, this is a good episode for Daniel Hartman for me. I'm really interested to see where this ends up going. There's still two episodes left here in season two. So I'm not sure where we get more of the Daniel Hardman, if he's going to continue on uh, working with Robert Zane on these cases for Folsom Foods. Also, this episode ends in a cliffhanger with Robert Zane and Jessica, where Jessica actually goes back to Robert Zane and says, hey, let's marry our houses. They sort of set it up like she's going on a date, but there's not a romantic date that she goes on. No, I, th- I think she might have still been going on. A she might have had a date after. Yeah, she was still going because she was. She, look, she had something to prove at some point. Uh, she was like, nah, you're going to call me bitter and barren. I'll show you bitter and barren. Uh, but yeah, she stops by Robert Zane's house, who's obviously married. So that's not what she's going there for. Um, but she does talk to him about what does it look like if she does take him up on the merger that he wants offered. Uh, and he's like, uh, you know, the merger was cool back when it benefited us. But now we pretty much have you on the ropes and, you know, we'll be just like picking up the pieces after Daniel Hartman's done picking you apart. So sorry, but not sorry. I can't really help you with this one. And so, yeah, Daniel Hartman is still working with Robert Zane and Robert Zane is still going to be trying to capitalize on Pearson Hartman in their week uh, the moment of weakness, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see where this goes in these uh, last two episodes, but we got to talk about Daniel Hardman's uh, power play here in this episode that starts off that he is working on this deposition with Sloan from Folsom Foods. And then it's like, aha, call an ambulance, but not for me. Uh, That it's (laughs) Pearson Hardman that is going to be now deposed. This is hella unprofessional. You're sitting here using this woman's sexual assault or sexual harassment suit uh, deposition to kind of use it almost like a Trojan horse to then come and uh, subpoena Pearson Hartman for something completely different. Like, Don't get me wrong. It's still a sexual harassment suit that he's, uh, you know, giving them the subpoena for, but it has nothing to do with Sloan. He's like, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the, oh my God, this is the wrong deposition. I'm sorry. I'm asking all these questions about Pearson Hartman because it's about you. I was like, I know Sloan wants to go back home, go back to work, do what yeah, she was doing. Didn't she want to settle business? in the last episode? Yeah. Now right. she's like, wait, hold on. Wait, what? She's like, my lawyer? So wait, sexual my lawyers people? are fighting? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the girls are fighting and she is just kind of caught in the middle. I, I thought this was kind of tacky, Daniel Hartman. But again, I thought at the beginning of the episode, look at Daniel Hartman still out here on the ropes. You know, he has nothing for Pearson Hartman. He, he got nothing for these people. But throughout the episode, I was like, oh, no. Daniel Hartman's been whooping their asses behind the scenes, and I just didn't know it. So it was, uh, I guess, at the end of the first part of the the midseason finale when Daniel Hartman has Jessica sign the confidentiality agreement. I guess I didn't think much of it at the time, and certainly Jessica didn't. But it turns out that that was like the big fumble from Jessica, maybe the biggest mistake we've seen Jessica make over the course of Suits. Yeah. And that, that probably goes to show you how much on the ropes Pearson Hartman actually was because Daniel Hartman had been applying so much pressure that when they finally thought that they got him, 
He's like, look, I'll drop all this if you just sign this thing and make it go away. It made it seem like he was coming at her from a position of weakness. But anytime somebody wants you to sign a confidentiality agreement, um, there's something in it for them, right? Like, you know something that they can't allow to get out. Or they or they don't want to have to deal with you besmirching their name or something like that. And so, yeah, she signs it without even thinking twice because she's just done with him. He's been, you know, a, such a nuisance. Um, only to find out that, yeah, now that you've signed it, you can't speak on it. And when anything that had to deal with his firing, exactly. So like his affair, um, you know, the embezzling, all that stuff, none of it can be talked about moving forward or he's going to sue them for $15 million. And that's a lot of mm-hmm. money and a hit that Pearson Harbin cannot take right now. And it's such a twisted situation because we bring back Monica Eaton, who Monica Eaton was the woman who was having the affair with Daniel Hardman while Daniel Hardman was embezzling the money and then also cheating on his dying wife to be with Monica Eaton, who we saw that Mike went back to in the Rewind episode. Monica Eaton, I guess she wants this smoke. She's so mad at Jessica over all this. Yeah, so... From Monica Eaton's point of view, she had been very clear about her being, uh, you know, approached by a member of Pearson Hartman uh, several times, you know, and, you know, in a, in a way that made her uncomfortable from her point of view. And she's like, OK, I told you this. You don't really do anything about it. It's kind of a running joke. And, you know, after she gets fired, she Mike Ross shows up and is like, oh, yeah, you know, this sexual harassment thing. And he just makes it up. He comes at her, yeah. like, she calls him his attack dog, basically. But that's really what it seems like. This woman's been fired, and now you're trying to pin the sexual harassment thing on the guy that she uh, that she was dating at the time. It's really big and messy, and she got dragged into the middle of it from her point of view. So, okay. yeah, yeah, Daniel Hartman's embezzling money. But that's not does not mean Monica Eaton was a part of that. But Jessica treated her like she was. So... I, and this is all very messy, but let me just ask you a couple of things, because I feel like that the the motivations to me are still not 100 percent clear. So had Jessica said to Monica Eaton, like, you piece of trash, you were <laughs> sleeping with Daniel Hardman. I'm going to make sure you can never work in this town again. And like, why couldn't Monica go work at a different law firm? Like we see where Mike is like. You work in retail. You make no money. Uh, your life is horrible now. But why Why was Monica's life ruined by this? Yeah, I think it was just one of those things where she was getting sued. Uh, you know, I mean, she was getting fired for something that had nothing to do with her. You know, she yes, she was having an affair. That is not illegal at Pearson Hartman, apparently. You, just, you can sleep with it's whoever you want. It's frowned upon in the workplace, Chappelle. It, it is frowned upon, but not frowned upon enough, as we see, you know, years later, that they still be out here, you know, sleeping with people and bragging about it at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Monica Eaton's like, okay, I had an affair. Cool. And they're like, yeah, but you had an affair with Daniel Hartman, who was embezzling stuff. Right taking money, cheating on his wife. You don't think you had anything to do with this? She's like, I didn't have anything to do with this. He's like, mm, yes, you did. And also you're going to resign and um, you're going to resign to Lewis, who you don't even like. And so she's like, man, this is humiliating. All I did was have sex with somebody and I'm getting thrown in the bus because he's he's a thief? Wow. So I think it's more on the principle. You can't come at somebody like that. I think that maybe what might have helped this for me also is like if... Monica and Daniel Hardman had sort of rekindled things where mm-hmm. Monica is like, Hey, I love Daniel Hardman. Like you, like I'll never forgive you for what you did to him. Also, like you did it, you fired me and then you screwed him over. I, I just feel like that for Monica, I wasn't 100% sure. And maybe like Daniel Hardman's like, oh, I've got them with this confidentiality agreement. I feel bad. Maybe, maybe he's like long-term working her over is like, uh, I'll give you $5 million. If you go along with this, I know you work in retail. Mike Ross told me you only make $40,000 a year. So you come <laughs> along with me and maybe we'll go have dinner after. Come on. What do you say, Monica? My wife's out of the picture. No, no, they're not. They're not back together. And it's weird, too, because Monica Eaton, I remember in that episode when Rachel Zane comes to her and says, you know, Lewis be looking at you crazy. You, you know, as you, we can there are laws that can protect you from sexual harassment. Monica Eaton's like, girl, I don't need no sexual harassment protection from Lewis Lint of all people. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? 
So Monica Eaton being like, he sexually harassed me, kind of falls on deaf ears if you look at it through that lens because she specifically told Rachel, we good, and laughed at the idea that Lewis could even be a threat to her. So for this sexual harassment thing to be coming back and her to be like, well, that's the smoking gun here is that I had to turn in my resignation to the person who sexually harassed me and mm -hmm. I, you were just mad because I was having sex with Daniel Hardman who happened to be a cheater. It does make Monica Eaton look kind of funny in the light. But I think that the Lewis thing does kind of muddy the waters of like, uh, was mm -hmm. Lewis harassing her or not? I mean, I guess it, whether or not she can handle it is probably besides the point in a court of law. And I look, I'm the biggest Lewis stand that there is. But definitely, I mean, Lewis is like stalking her at her lunchtime. So like is was Lewis inappropriate or not? Right. And that's the, that's the thing. The water is muddy. If she says he was inappropriate, then you have to take a word for it. Because, I mean, what what else you going to go off of Lewis's word? He obviously didn't see issue with it. All we have is the conversation between her and Rachel, which, again, that stuff can change. In the moment, she can feel fine. And then mm -hmm. later on, if it happens again, she'd be like, whoa, uh, I didn't like that. And I don't like this. But I think that, again, that is not really the case here. The case is not whether or not Lewis sexually harassed her. It's, oh, are y'all mistreating this woman because she's a woman? You know, is it mm -hmm. because Jessica doesn't like women who can have sex and have kids and who are desirable, who might be sleeping with partners who are embezzling stuff? Like, are you mad that she's, you know, doing those things? And then to add insult to injury, yeah, it does look really bad when you add the Lewis factor into it. But this is not a, I am filing a sexual harassment claim against Lewis Litt case you know what i'm saying so that's not even what's a question it's just that lewis really does muddy the waters like you said one of the things i did really like about this episode is that jessica is off her game and i really like that because i feel like that jessica is almost flawless as a character like uh jessica through two seasons and 13 episodes of suits almost never makes an error in judgment. She's always right. She always has the right instinct. And here to see her rattled a little bit, I thought was very fun for that character. Yeah, Jessica, again, was on the ropes. Daniel Hardman, if you want to see his resume of like people, people who have fallen for his uh, shenanigans, people who, you know, uh, like these these uh, Daniel Hardman charms, you know, that everybody's talking about. Like, oh, don't let Daniel Hardman in. You can't trust him. Don't let him in your house. She's the poster child for that. Um, he was the one who, you know, he's he snowed her first. And so because of that, she is the one taking this the hardest. Now, we'll see that other people are taking these L's. Lewis is also one of those people. Donna, to an extent, is one of those people where she just couldn't see him coming. But Jessica was, uh, you know, patient zero for this. Harvey? Harvey never fell for this. Harvey has never trusted Daniel Hartman. He's always been team Jessica. But Jessica was once, you know, the Harvey to Daniel Hartman's Jessica. You know, like, mm -hmm. he, she was in that position. So she's taking it very hard. It's more like the relationship between Harvey and, the, and that district attorney, you know, where Harvey was, like, willing to go off a cliff for that guy and then later on found out he was a creep. And so it made things a lot worse. Jessica is really, really, really out of her league right now. But it's just because she's so rattled by the smoke and mirrors that is Daniel Hartman. Lewis also is very motivated by his anger and hatred towards Daniel Hardman after Daniel Hardman kind of played him for a fool over the course of the middle of the season where he got Lewis's vote for senior partner. But then Lewis found out that Daniel Hardman was making him the patsy back in the original embezzling scam. So Lewis is uh, very worked up about this, that he tells Donna, that revenge is the best revenge. That's true. Revenge is the best revenge in, in Lewis's eyes. And honestly, I, I don't blame Lewis. Look at how much Daniel Harbin has done to him just for existing, right? Um, he picked on him when he was an associate. Fine. That seems like normal hazing at Pearson Harbin. I won't, I won't um, you know, dive into that too much. But then, since then, people said, Lewis, don't trust Daniel Harbin. He said, what? Daniel Harbin's fine. He seems nice. He values me. He likes me. He sees my worth here at, at, uh, at the firm. Then he goes and he basically, what, I guess the, the flashback shows that he used the, um, Lewis as the, the patsy for, uh, for the embezzling. Lewis didn't know about that for what almost uh, seven years, I think, or something like that. He didn't know mm -hmm. about that. So that happens. And now in the present time, he finds out. And also you were saying that I was sexually harassing somebody. 
you, you, you're trying to pin that on me too? Uh, Lewis has been in a blender with Daniel Hartman since the moment that he met him. And just, it's all coming to a head at the same time. So yeah, Lewis is past the point of, oh, well, let's, let's beat him at his own game. Let's slam some folders down on the ground. No, Lewis stops the elevator with Daniel Hartman on it and threatens to kill him. And I think he meant it. So Jessica goes to Robert Zane and we talked about when he's got the Giants game recorded and he's watching it. I thought it was very interesting that Jessica says to Robert Zane about Daniel Hardman, you know, he's no prince. Maybe mm-hmm. your daughter that she might be able to tell who a prince is, but Daniel Hardman, trust me, Mr. Zane, he is no prince. Might have been a prince back then, but sure as hell isn't one now. Mm-hmm. Do you, what is Jessica talking about? Do you, does she know what she's talking about here? With that... Robert Zane's daughter is going to marry into the royal family. <laughs> yeah, like how does she know this? How, she knows she everything. Aware? She's clairvoyant. That's why she's so mad at herself. Oh, so did he? Did he DVR the football game, or did she just know the score beforehand? Oh, maybe I thought you were saying <laughs> that did she DVR the royal wedding and she's seen it in the future. No, yeah. I, I think she's look. She's a real Giants fan. I mean, she's watching the game live. She's not watching it on DVR. Oh, uh, okay. I'm telling you, I feel I'm getting jet fires from her. She seems so annoyed. But look, at the end of the day, yeah, she can. She called that there would be some royalness uh, involved in the in the Zane household, yeah. and it wouldn't be from Daniel Hardman. Uh, so I'm I'm honestly trying to well wondering at this point if Daniel Hardman's uh you know his his um shroud of darkness is going to loom over the Zane household because right now yeah. Robert Zane seems to be the only one immune to Daniel Hardman. Did you? Th- catch in the interaction between Rachel and Jessica that it seemed like that for a second, like it was like Rachel wasn't sure Jessica knew who she was. Um, it kind of felt like they were both surprised to see each other. Yeah. I don't know if she felt like she didn't know. It, it, I'm I trying to remember if they've even like- had a scene together in two, uh, almost two full seasons of suits. That's fair. That's fair. If you really think about the, I guess, the hierarchy at the firm, there's not probably a lot of reasons why she would go to the paralegal, Jessica. She would probably mm-hmm. go to Harvey, then to probably Mike Ross by that exchange. Maybe Donna's in there as well. Mm-hmm. I, you have to believe that they've spoken. I, man, now I'm like, we walk, we watch so many episodes in succession. I really don't know um, if there, if that's happened before. Now I kind of want to go review the tapes. Yeah. Um, it, it, listen, we have associates for that. If you're an associate and you remember the first time that we see these two on screen together alone, let me know because I I don't see it. Yeah, but yeah, but she has. Um, to, Jessica knows everything, right? You know, she's knowing the from the Giants score. She has to know that Robert Zane's daughter works in her office. There's no way Jessica hired Rachel not knowing that. You know, yeah. this was not something that Rachel was able to hide from her um, at any point. It just it just didn't happen. You know, like, I'm sorry. Other people could not know this, but Jessica knew it for sure. I just don't think she <laughs> was expected to see her mm-hmm. at Robert Zane's big ass mansion. You know, mm-hmm. like she opened the door like, oh, hey, was like, what's up? Why are you here? Um and it looks like Rachel and Robert Zane are back on, you know, on on father daughter terms. Yeah. They were kind of, it was kind of rocky for a minute, but they seem to be good hanging out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, Daniel Hardman, he comes back to Pearson Hardman uh, to do another deposition or whatever, and Donna greets him. And we get a great scene where Donna slaps Daniel Hardman across the face, not once but twice. Yeah. She, says she bitch slapped him later on the episode. She, she did. She she really did. She's like, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Which, in fairness to Donna, it's like, yeah, you tried to ruin my life. Same thing with Lewis. Lewis is like, I will kill you. And Daniel was kind of like, yeah, I gotta, gotta take that one. Like, if you do stab me, what can I really say? I've tried to get you thrown in jail at least three times since since yeah. I've met you. But, and you've done nothing to me at all. Like, you've just, you've just mm-hmm. been alive. Donna, too. I was minding my own business, doing my job well as the best legal secretary in the in in the city, uh, allegedly. And you just get me thrown on the bus and thrown out of office, you know, or out of my office and potentially in jail because that's illegal, you know. And so for him, for her to be like hiding evidence and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, she could have hit a warmer time for me, honestly. Yeah. I'm just surprised that Daniel Hardman didn't come across like, ah, I like you'll be. Like, uh, this was assault. 
I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go to the authorities now. We don't know that he's not going to do that. You know, <laughs> he'll so, come back. That'll be a season three episode. Right. But that's his thing, right? In the moment, it always seems like they have Daniel Hardman beat. They're like, yeah, what are you going to do about that, Daniel Hardman? And then th- four or five episodes later, somebody says, and my lawyer is Daniel Hardman. And he shows up like, hey, Donna, remember that time you punched me in the face and asked me if I was going to sue you? Well, I couldn't sue you then because I had X, Y, Z going on. But because y'all beat me that one time, now that doesn't matter. And I can sue you. Donna, you're going down. So mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if Daniel Hardman did not come uh, come back later on and bring this very moment up again, especially the Lewis conversation. Like Donna yeah. slapped him across couple times that could be bad but lewis threatening to kill him in the elevator mm, that that could be a lot worse yeah uh that was a great moment also in this episode where we got to see a different side of lewis where that uh lewis has had enough yeah he's had i mean who would blame him this man has mm-hmm. just been char- targeting him like uh, like it's like he he came in and he picked his mark and was like oh yeah that's the guy he's kind of love struck he's um he uh, he's Lewis, <laughs> I, I guess I should say, and also you know he he works with the finances. So if I gotta embezzle some money, this is the guy who I need to throw under the bus, mm-hmm. and I don't really care for him. And a lot of people don't. So it's not like people are gonna go out on a limb to save him. He's the perfect person to use in this position. And Lewis again was just existing. He was not bothering Daniel Harbin at all, and and it probably didn't help that Daniel Har- uh, Lewis was into Daniel Harbin's girlfriend, Mike, Monica Eaton. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, you want to be the other guy? You you think you're up next, sir? Okay, cool. I'll show you. It's like uh, Daniel Harbin was kind of flexing on Lewis in, in a way. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you liked her, but she was with me. How about right. that, Lewis? Yeah, talk about that while you're in jail for embezzling, embezzling and stuff. Like it was like, mm-hmm. bruh, he yeah. just liked her. Dear God, yeah. And Lewis ultimately ends that conversation with uh, Daniel Hardman. You give me the incorrect time again, I'll kill you. Uh, again, I look, if I'm on the jury, I'm like, well, let's hear both sides. You know, I'm definitely, <laughs> this guy is, yeah. uh, he pushed him to, he pushed him to the edge. This man has tried to get you thrown in prison multiple times. That, that, if that's not a murderable offense, I just don't know what is. But Daniel Hardman, he's pushing everybody's buttons, not just uh, like Lewis in the elevator, where that he's telling Harvey, he's like, my name is still on the door. So how about uh, that? How about, you know, she doesn't want to put your name on there. She doesn't trust you. Uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah. like uh, then that sends Harvey into a spiral where he's punching the H. Like that was the letter that we needed we for Pearson need Harvey. That letter. We need <laughs> that punch one. the D. Right, the the N. We got Pearson Harvey. Harvey doesn't work without those other letters. But the H is the H is the primary letter, if mm-hmm. nothing else. Um, yeah, Daniel Hartman's one of his strengths is that he's able to pit Jessica and Harvey against each other. And so throughout this episode, we see. Um, you know that Daniel Hartman once told Jessica Harvey's gonna come after you like he did like he did me like you did me and he also tells Harvey that like oh yeah Jessica would never trust you so by you know the time Harvey's punching letters on walls it's really because he's also starting to believe that no matter what Harvey does Daniel Hartman's name is still gonna be on the wall and Jessica doesn't trust him enough to put Harvey's name on the wall all right, let's bring in the Mike part of all this because Mike is the person who ultimately brought Monica into this originally a couple episodes ago. And then he ultimately is going to be the person who goes back to Monica that he's trying to figure out a way out of the situation. Both Harvey and Jessica are named in the suit. So Mike has a little bit more room to play. He had written up the cases that were against Folsom Foods. And then Daniel Hardman used Mike's exact case against him here on this Monica case. Uh, Monica doesn't want to hear Mike out on any of this stuff. And uh, Mike is like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. She's like, no, I do. I, I got it. She's like, I got it. I've, I figured it out. And she knows more than Mike does. Mike thinks he went over there because like, oh yeah, I went on there on my own. Jessica had no clue what I was going to do. And Jessica's like, stop it, Mike. Stop it. We're playing chess here. I, yeah. Yeah. I sent you over there to do the thing. I, we, we needed to intimidate her. We needed her to make certain moves so that this would work. So, so sorry, Mike, you did it. Uh, so Mike's like, damn, wow. I really, really messed that up. So then he has to go to Monica Eaton and apologize. I'm like, hey, Monica Eaton, my bad. You know, I, I ain't mean to. Um, because Mike, Mike's doing a lot of good work here for Jessica. I don't know if he, if he, if he probably fully uh, appreciates the work he's doing here, but 
she's like letting him be lead on a deposition for Daniel Harbin. He's out here running around putting out the fires or Monica Eden. He doesn't get a lot of credit this episode, but he did uh, a lot of the heavy lifting in this episode to make this Daniel Harbin situation go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, Mike is going to be the person who does get it to go away because he gets Monica to read the read these 113 cases of women who actually got fired for or didn't get uh, promoted because they were women. Yeah. It's like, Monica... This man is literally using you and this case. Don't get me wrong. He might still have you know, warm feelings toward Monica. That's probably true. But he's using you and this case uh, to bleed Pearson Harbin to the point where they cannot uh, address the 113, you know, give or take 45, whatever, uh, cases uh, that uh, Robert Zane has to deal with. This is why he brought you in. Robert Zane is like, I need this to go away. And Daniel Harmon's like, I got the perfect thing that can make this go away. A big-ass distraction where it's going to take a lot of their money. So if they go ahead and they violate this confidentiality agreement, there's $15 million that they're going to lose. And they're trying to fight each of these cases separately thanks to Robert Zane. Monica, you are in the way. You know you are, you are in the way. You need to make this go away so these other women can fi- be fine because you're a super creep of an ex-boyfriend. This is all his problem. I'm sorry, Rob. Daniel Hartman sucks. And so Monica's like, hey, bro, stand down real quick so we can handle this. Like, you you will be fine. I, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, you got fired. It was wrongful termination. Jessica bullied you. Yeah, but... Like, mm-hmm. how much would it take for you to just shut up? You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, take the money, get out the way, let us do a thing. Harvey, I think Harvey was like, I mean, you might get three, maybe two million, which is fine, Monica Eaton. You were out here sleeping with the man embezzling yeah. money. And, and like, bro, like, yeah, she you work at she the gap know. now. Come on, take the deal. Yeah. Take the deal. Take the deal. Now we sound like the lawyer. It's like, what are you doing? Let me slap something on the table. Like, <laughs> let me take the deal. <laughs> yeah. How about this right now? Okay. You either take this deal or you get back to folding T-shirts, uh, your shift at four o'clock. All right. What's it going to be, Monica? Banana Republic call and they want their <laughs> shift lead back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and your manager just called. You're working Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Uh, Black Friday's around the corner, Monica. Mm-hmm. Have at it. Yeah. Look, 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 does Monica Eaton have a claim to sexual harassment? Yes. That was never her claim. That is never. That is something that, we, they, that Daniel Harbin has incepted into this case. When we, the only clip we ever see Monica Eaton talking about being sexually harassed by Lewis Litt, she she categorically denies it. Again, whether that was true or not, we don't have that information. All we know is what she said. Uh, but this this is Monica Eaton. You are being used. You are being used, and you know it because you know the confidentiality agreement that has been signed. You are mad at Jessica, and you want her to pay for suing you for sleeping with Daniel Hartman while he was embezzling money. Jessica yeah. did a thing. She was wrong. She should have to pay, but not $15 million. Right. And I guess what we ha- never see in any of these episodes or any of the conversations between Daniel Hardman and Monica, I think it's probably reasonable to assume that he is doing his Daniel Hardman things to Monica about how... Mm-hmm. Monica, after this, we're going to be able to open up our own firm. It'll be Hardman, whatever your last name is. Hardman Monica. Hardman Monica. (laughs) Hardman Monica. Uh, Yeah. Daniel Hardman never marry Monica Eden? Like Hardman Eden, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) or something Mm -hmm. like that. Hardman Hardman. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We, We can assume that this woman is a victim. But even if she is not. Daniel Hartman is putting you through the ringer. Like she's in, she's definitely in on the conversations, right? I, I think the one thing they leave out and they always leave out and every now and then a lawyer will go into it is they'll say, you know, I don't think I ever apologized for that thing. I don't know, I don't know if I ever ex- like told somebody that I felt really bad about the thing I did. We saw Lewis talking about that in this episode, how he, he sided with Daniel Hartman, but he was very unapologetic about it. And now he's like, I should have told Harvey that, you know, I didn't love doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Mike Ross going to Monica Eaton and being like, you know what? My bad. I shouldn't have done that, X, Y, Z. We never see Jessica go to Monica Eaton and be like, okay, I fired you. I really had no reason to fire you, but I was really mad at your boyfriend who's embezzling money. I thought mm-hmm. you knew. I might not have thought you knew, but whatever. Jessica probably should have just went over to Monica Eaton and be like, girl, what, what can I do for you? Well, my bad. Do you want to be back in? You want to work here again? What's up? But Mm -hmm. they never get there. They figure this out up until Robert Zane, you know, (laughs) outsources this again to Daniel Hartman. 
Yes. And then they do get Monica to sign off on the settlement. And so ultimately it's for less money than that breaking that $15 million confidentiality agreement would have been. And so it seems like that Daniel Hardman is out of the picture for the time being. Yeah. Or at least for an episode or so, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that he's, he can't go anywhere yet because Robert Zane still needs him. Um, and so he will be somewhere in the wings, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully yeah. he won't be, you know, the main villain moving forward. It seems like Robert Zane is honestly the one sneaking into the villain role here. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. I just don't know how much more are we going to see out of these 113 Folsom Foods cases in the next two episodes. <sighs> we how got much two time episodes. are we going to spend on that? Two. We're gonna yeah. find, we're gonna spend time on two episodes. I feel like by the end of season two, this is it. Uh, you know, Folsom will be a, a distant memory until next season yeah. when they need to do a flashback to it to explain why Daniel Hartman's back again. Okay, I don't know how much more there there is there to get into all of this, but we'll see. And then the other thing that went on in this episode was Rachel, and she's gonna be putting in her application to go to Harvard. She wants to work at Pearson Hartman or Pearson Harvey or whatever it'll be by the time she gets done with law school and her essay was about how she loves being a paralegal yeah she struggled with this you know of course in her mind she's thinking i love being a paralegal i've been doing this for a long time this should be my end but you know that's not why you want to go to law school like you wanted to be in law before you became a paralegal you really need to tap into why you want to be there and she starts to realize it's because of my dad. And that sounds really bad, you know, because in her mind, she's thinking like, oh my God, it makes me sound like I only want to do this because my dad did it. But your dad's an amazing lawyer and she wants to be an amazing lawyer too. And that's a part of who she is. It's the reason why no matter how much her dad tells her, have you tried applying for something else? Have you have you tried being good at something mm-hmm. else? She's like, refuses to do it because she wants to go to Harvard and she wants to be like her dad. But she also really wants to work at Pearson Hardman. And the only way she can do that is by going to Harvard. So this is uh, non-negotiable. There's no point in her taking the LSAT uh, if she's not going to be going to Harvard. It has to happen. She's like, I need to go to Cambridge. And I'm like, you mean Boston or England? Yeah. Uh, And Mike Ross, I'm like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Um, this is this is fun because you you're like okay Cambridge England Mike Ross is like Harvard Boston I'm mm-hmm. thinking what what are you talking about Mike Ross how do you is this this Mike Ross has made a slip of the tongue here right like he 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 does know where Harvard is located right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah that's that's where yeah. the school is right yeah okay yeah but but that's the thing like why did he say Boston I don't know. We know Mike Ross has been to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we saw him I, has he ever looked at a map? Because you would think that he would remember everything. He been to the school. Like he was there <laughs> yeah, physically. Yeah, we he, watched yeah, him yeah, take, yeah, a right. take a tour. Take a tour. Yeah, uh, sir. You keep bringing up. You know, I remember <laughs> yeah. when I interviewed with Harvey, and it was I got thrown out of the room, and I had to talk my way back into that. He's asking Robert Zane, like, back at well, I don't know what school you went to, but at my school, I I, I yeah. learned X Y Z. So you don't even know where the school is located. This seems like a sloppy, sloppy move from Mike Ross. Okay, Chappelle, who gets the liddy here for season two, episode fourteen? <sighs> Jessica, is it Robert no. Zane? Is Robert? Is Zane? It, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, Okay, a couple of contenders. Is it Mike? Okay. Mike ultimately is the one who gets Monica the apology and then also gets her those cases. You could uh, argue for Mike. You could argue potentially uh, for Donna, who got to slap Daniel Hardman across the face multiple times. Mm-hmm. Lewis, I th- look, he had a great scene with Daniel Hardman, but you know, like, I feel like there's still like a little smoke there on the sexual harassment case. There's a little smoke. And also if you wanted revenge, that's not revenge. You mm-hmm. threatened to get revenge on this man. Lewis, I think you really got to get revenge. He got to get his lick back. You know, I think that Lewis has been taking so many L's uh, at the hands of Daniel Hardman and there's nothing he can, he can do. He needs to reclaim his power. And so until Lewis gets the last laugh on Daniel Hardman, and I don't mean like, you know, stopping the elevator and threatening to rip your smug face off. I think he can't get it. Not in a Daniel Hardman centric episode. Mm-hmm. Like Lewis, Lewis needs to step up to the plate. Um, yeah, maybe Mike Ross, right? Um, 
Jessica okay. was off her game too much. Harvey kind of was the... Like, he kind of kept it level, but I think Mike did a, more, a lot more of the, the footwork. Okay. We got a lot of feedback about this episode, Chappelle. Really? To get into things. Yeah. And so let me bring in some of this. Okay. Let me start off with one from Anessa the Mythbuster. So happy that Anessa, a lawyer, is watching these episodes. Okay. So let me start with, uh, she calls herself Anessa the Mythbuster to say okay. that all confidentiality provisions contain a carve out for circumstances where you have to testify under oath, which is what a deposition is. That would prevent you from being put in Jessica's position where she cannot defend claims against her, cannot testify truthfully under oath, or be faced with a $15 million penalty for violating the confidentiality provision. Provisions that don't contain the carve out would be rendered unenforceable. So Jessica would never be in this position with Daniel Hardman, but she says, but we love the drama. Okay, that's good to know because there there has to be a world where somebody signs a confidentiality agreement and then for the sake of the law, for someone else, they come to you and ask you questions about it. You can't be like, well, you know, this one time I fired a guy, so I can't really talk about yeah. that. It's like, no, you, you're going to talk about it because you're, you know, basically obstructing the whole investigation here. So, yeah, I, I, I have to say that that makes sense. Also... Anessa says Monica Eaton has very strong claims against the firm for wrongful termination. She is likely owed millions. Jessica needs to consult an employment attorney before hiring her uh, employees so willy nilly. Also, yeah, Monica, was she a junior partner also? I thought she was an associate or something. I don't know. She's mm -hmm. no, she was a, she, yeah, she, I don't remember her role, like her, her level yeah. of, uh, like, in the law firm, but I agree. I've been saying this, you know, like one, you know, that sexual harassment thing is still kind of in the air. It's, it's very blurry. Um, but also, uh, yeah, she was definitely fired just for being in a, uh, a consensual relationship, uh, from her point of view. Mm -hmm. And she legit like said, I do not know what you're talking about. I did not know he was embezzling money. And Jessica's words to her were, I don't care. Yes. And so because of that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that she gets yeah. through it. And we got another message also from another one of our uh, lawyers out there in our firm saying that the confidentiality provision uh, is likely not something that could hold up. Um, how about this one uh, that from David Schwartz? Did you see Donna's hey. face at the end of the episode when Harvey called Jessica beautiful? I thought that Donna was talking about her, but since Jessica was walking towards them, uh, Donna looked so happy and then drained. Maybe she's starting to have feelings again. There was, well, one, to answer your question, I did not notice that. Uh, Rob, did you? I did catch that. He's like, uh, yeah, you look beautiful. And then here comes uh, Jessica from out of frame. Oh, uh, yeah. But like, what did Donna's face look like in the moment? You know, did, did she feel like, she, did you think she looked like, like, oh, yeah. You dang. know, I noticed, like, I thought like, oh, is Harvey talking about Donna? But I didn't, wasn't close up on Donna's face. You know, there were a couple moments in this episode. I think you and I have talked about it before, but um, where it did seem like maybe Jessica and Harvey have some type of chemistry when it comes to that, right? Um, because I, I believe Daniel Harbin as Harvey do you love her Jessica or was it the other way around? He was like, mm -hmm. Oh, so you love them. And they're like, what, where did that come from? And I was like, that's the same thing they did to Donna. Does, does Harvey have feelings for Donna and Jessica? Is it hmm. possible? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Do you? Uh, I don't know either. I mean, the fact that Daniel Harbin even asked, it kind of felt like he was implying that Jessica could potentially have feelings for Harvey. Uh, and so, like, because she's yeah. a bitter, barren old woman, she uh, has to fire all the women because she hates them because they actually can find, you know, requited love. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I think they have good chemistry, but I don't think there's anything, you know, emotional or even physical there. Um, but she's a baddie. They both they both sexy people. And so, you know, yeah. both sexy people link up. You be hoping for <laughs> stuff to happen. I guess so. I just think of them more as like brother and sister than anything romantic, Jessica and Harvey. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the Donna, the Donna smoke is still there too. Because uh yeah, I think that 
David's right. I think that in that moment, Jessica, I'm sorry, Donna and Harvey were kind of flirting a little bit. It was not, it was their normal banter, but we, we can see through it now that we know that Donna still has feelings for him. So it was just like, oh yeah, you slapped Daniel Hartman. Ooh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. She's like moving her hair back behind her ear and looking all Donna-like. And then when Jessica walks up, it just clams up. So there might be something there. I don't know. I don't know the, the Harvey Donna, you know, will they, won't they, I don't know if it's a will they won't they as much as it's like a Donna stand up. You know? Okay. <laughs> stand up. Yeah. All right. And then let me do one more about the locations. Cat who tracks the locations is that when Mike meets Monica on the street, Monica exit ha- exits at Harry Rosen at 82 Bloor Street West. And the two walk uh, west on the north side of Bloor Street in front of Holt Renfro. One of the bougiest mm-hmm. neighborhoods in Toronto, York. Ooh, I, I I really want to go back to Toronto, York now. Like I've been to Toronto yeah. one time. I didn't get to go do suit stuff. I did not. I did not know this was something I needed, y'all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of want to do this. I thank you so much for keeping this running list because there's no world where I go back to Toronto and I don't go and check some of this out. Is there a suits tour that we could go on? Gotta be hundred percent. Okay. Gotta be one. I'm sure. I'm sure there is one. If there isn't, there's probably one now. All right. That's where our suits meetup is going to be back in Toronto. But you know, when we finish this, it's going to be like January. That's fine. Uh, we won't go in January. But yeah. I mean, okay. Toronto. Toronto. York's not going. The one year anniversary Rob. of the suits podcast. When we oh, finish. that'd yeah. be great. Yes. That'd okay. Be great. Meet up with all the associates. All right, Chappelle. Anything else uh, that you want to talk about here today? Yeah, people can find all of this feedback and more at our uh, Facebook group, uh, you know, uh, suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Uh, we had a message from Dana who uh, added a movie list of references from Suits. You know, I keep saying that when they make these references, I don't really uh, a lot, know a lot of them because a lot of these movies are just movies I haven't really seen. And so Dana added a list. And so, Rob, I've made it my personal mission to go and watch all the movies on the list. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just watch them in order. I don't think they have anything to do with the order of the episodes we're watching. They're just movies, I guess, that have been referenced in Suits or will be referenced in Suits moving forward. And I already started, Rob. I already watched one of the movies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Scott St. Pierre said that we should be doing a, or if not us, somebody should be doing a podcast that is all of the movies mentioned on Suits. Well, I've seen one of them. I officially watched 12 Angry Men yesterday. Yes. Uh, yes. And I don't think the reference from 12 Angry Men has happened yet on Suits um, to this point uh, in our rewatch or first watch for you. And so, um, it, but if it has, Associate, let me know. But I watched the whole thing this morning and I didn't see anything that gave me any Mike Ross and Harvey Ross. But it's a good movie. And it, yeah. it's not the first time I've seen this movie, but it was good uh, revisiting it. So, I think according I watched to it in Dana's, high school. Yeah, according to Dana's list, my next movie is Airplane. Yeah. Okay. How about from Kiera, who posted in our Facebook group to say, finally listening to the latest podcast after not being able to take my eyes off the chaos that is Big Brother. You're not alone. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought Tess's husband was Trevor at first. LOL. So, yeah. All (laughs) creeps look alike. Yeah. Tess's husband might necessarily be a creep, but him and and Trevor definitely looked alike. I'm sorry, Kiera, we're all on the same page. Yeah. Okay. All right. Chappelle, great job here today. We're only two days away from the end of season two. This is so much fun. It's so dope. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you decided to do this crazy thing because it sounded a lot harder than it was going to be. You know, it's like, oh, my God, so many episodes. So daunting. We're two seasons in. I'm dying to see how this ends. Yes. So, yeah, I'm all in. Well, I have no regrets. I love getting to talk to you every single day. I love oh, getting to hear from the listeners. I love the feedback from the community. And I think the podcasts have been really great. And I love the show. So this has been yes. fantastic. I think once we get to like season, what is there? There's nine seasons, right? So once we get about halfway through season four, we really need to start doing like figuring out what we're going to do with all of these listeners. We have all these associates. And uh, once we hit season nine, um, we're just gonna we can't just leave the suits associates high and dry you know and so mm-hmm. we need to figure out if there's gonna be uh, something else that we can do maybe like monthly or weekly as far as we watch this go something else because why are we building this community only to leave it high and dry we cannot let the suits steam die Rob okay alright well that we can figure out along the way in the meantime what you can do to help out the podcast is leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts go to suitspodcast.com you can get the link right there leave us a review for 
Apple Podcasts and Spotify so more people, more Suits fans can find the show. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you? Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show. I got a, a new podcast thing going on on Post Show Recaps with the Connect with Mari. And so I'll be tweeting out the links to that. We're talking about the change link and we're talking about the other black girl on the Connect on Post Show Recaps. So subscribe to Post Show Recaps if you're not already. Why wouldn't you be if you're here? But yeah, subscribe to Post Show Recaps or subscribe to the Connect on Post Show Recaps if you have Apple Podcasts. All right. And I'm at Rob Sestrino. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.